Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I said one Mississippi, there's a magnolia. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. I and are honored to celebrate the, the incredible world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi every single Monday at lunchtime. So thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. the feedback we get from across the state is it truly uh, uh, appreciated. We really appreciate when you reach out to us and and uh, and give us your comments and send us your suggestions. We really appreciate that. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi Radio Network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But if you are listening on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, it is October the third, twenty twenty two. I was outside a few minutes ago talking to my wife Ann and. We were amazed that it's already October. <laughs> I know that in February I said, can you believe this year is going by so quickly? And here we are. It's October. It's starting to get cool. We're getting a little Christmas in the air. And uh, folks are beginning to think about deer hunting and, and duck hunting. In fact, we're going to spend the whole show today talking about white-tailed deer, but we'll be back on that in just a second. It was another incredibly beautiful weekend across the state of Mississippi getting, the, as I said, some of that, that cool weather People are out planting their, their food plots, and uh, they need some rain. And, boy, if you look at the forecast, it doesn't look so hot. I, I noticed that our friend Cus Strickland posted uh, a picture of him on a tractor, and he said, against my better judgment, I went ahead and planted all my food plots. No rain predicted in the near future, but maybe we'll get lucky. And then he went on to actually mention that he's going to be testing a no-till spot this year. We're actually going to do that too with the help of my friend Travis Dunn and he's our farmer that we lease uh, three separate farms from. Uh, for, with his help we actually are going to going to try a no-till tr- uh, no drill this year at one of the farms and we're, we're looking forward to seeing how that works out. I, I think as my guest will, will attest to it here in just a second. When you get your pH right uh, the no-till approach works really well. So uh, we're going we're gonna to test it. We're going to be planting all of our food plants this coming weekend. It's just sort of the way it works. And when you got a bunch of guys that come together from all over, you have to plant it ahead of time. You know, we unfortunately aren't able to say we're going to plant it. We're going to plant when we know there's rain coming. If you look at the next couple of weeks, there's only like 20% chance of rain is the highest in the next couple of weeks. We're hoping that changes. Uh, we've, we've planted this time of year every year, and we've had good luck. I was talking to my friend Spike Crawford. He's our seed and fertilizer guy that we've been using for many years. And he said he's been super busy. In fact, this is what he said. He said things are going really well. Fertilizer and seed prices are up, just like everything else. But people are still putting money into recreational things they enjoy. Yeah, 
uh, as for the, the food plot business, it is going strong. You know a person really loves the outdoors and especially hunting, but he's going to cut back on, on milk and bread, but he's going to take care of the deer herd. And he always ends up saying thanks and be safe. I'm not surprised because one of the things that COVID uh, and the pandemic sort of reminded us of is uh, our love of the outdoors. And when we talk to people from the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, they tell us that there have been record numbers of people going into the woods and enjoying the outdoors because they felt safe outside. And so, you know, to hear Spike talk about um, people really, you know, put, you know, continuing to invest and the recreational things they enjoy, especially things like you know planting food plots, great to hear. And I'm not I'm not surprised to hear. If you look on social media, you can see that the bow hunters are out in full force, and uh, we'll be talking more about that with our guests here shortly. Uh, on the coast, again, an amazingly beautiful weekend. One of the things I enjoy doing is riding my bike. I'm about three miles from the beach. So I'll ride down to the beach and go on what is called the beach boardwalk in Biloxi. And uh, it's just a beautiful stretch of, uh, of uh, a boardwalk where you can really kind of take in the beauty of coastal Mississippi. Um, uh, Mayor Fofo Gillage of the city of Biloxi has this wonderful uh, vision for connecting Back Bay to the main beach with boardwalks and it's coming together very, very nicely. Uh, yesterday, cruising the coast started and uh, cars from all makes and all kinds of years were here from all over the country and they will be for the next week. Also internationally, I might add. Uh, this year is gonna be a record year. Uh, we'll be having a, uh, a live remote from Biloxi's Town Green on Wednesday to talk more about that. And you can tell people really are enjoying themselves. This is actually a very unique, uh, a very unique cruising event because it, it has multiple cities engaged simultaneously. Uh, from one point, say, as far over as Waveland, the other as far over as Moss Point. So you have this 40-mile stretch of beach and stops along the way in these special events they have throughout the week. It's really, really a, a, a cool event. It is the ultimate cruising event. And in fact, it's been, it's been voted like the top event year after year in terms of all over America. You know, this cruising the coast event is that important. Another first this weekend, uh, you know, when you're enjoying the outdoors, you never know wh where you're going to find uh, sort of a new experience. But my son Jordan and I and his two kids, Liam and Mila, went down to the pier yesterday to check our crab traps. And while we were there, we decided to get in the Triton, and uh, that way it could sort of contain the kids. Jordan decided to make a few casts, and almost immediately he caught a, he caught a flounder. And then he continued to, to cast over toward the pier next to ours. And uh, he caught a bass, and then another bass, and then another bass. All, in all, he caught like five bass. Um, it was really incredible fishing. But what we think is that since the tide was super low, the flats were actually exposed. They pushed all the fish into the deep areas around our pier. So just one of those unusual events. We caught it right. It was, uh, it was super special. Incidentally, Canadian geese were all around us feeding. Really cool. I actually posted a video from the, from that experience yesterday at the Super Talk Outdoors Facebook page. If you want to go take a look at it, and while you're there, like our page. We really appreciate that. All the videos for this show, all our incredible guests are posted there, so you can actually go back and, and catch up on shows you might have missed along the way. So, uh, cool experience here in coastal Mississippi. We'll be up in the Mississippi Delta this weekend, as I mentioned, planning. We can't wait to get up there and and take in uh, that special place. It's a very, very special place on Earth. 
Now let's move to my friend William McKinley. Uh, he's the deer program coordinator for, for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and he's also a regular on the show. William, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, Ricky. Good. So how often do you get to come down to the coast? Very infrequent. I'm actually coming down pretty close tomorrow, one county above, to do a presentation tomorrow night down in Stone and with Stone and Pearl River County, their county forestry association. So uh, I'll be close, but not. I won't hit the big water. So I would I would assume, William, you're in high demand this time of year. I mean, people are starting to get into that deer mode. You you probably have people reaching out to you in all kinds of ways this time of year, don't you? You know, I, I didn't go to school to be a wildlife vet by any means, and nor am I, but I get so many sick deer photos this time of year, just common things. Uh, people people, people want to know, and we're that contact. We, I get pictures of big deer. I get pictures of deer asking me what I think this deer will age. Uh, it's almost a steady stream coming in, and, uh, and, and I love that. That's what I've devoted my career to. So, uh, yes, I would say deer biologist is busy. When you talk about devoting your career, you really do mean it. I mean, and you and I have chatted about this before, but the number of people in the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks who have literally dedicated their lives so that we can leave a legacy for our kids and our kids' kids. And I've had people on this show who literally have pointed to you as the reason why they got into conservation efforts to begin with. Um, you, do you feel the fact that you've had that kind of impact <laughs> Uh -huh. I said that's humbling. Uh, uh, you know, I look at this as we we devoted our career to public to be a public servant and a public servant to both the hunting public and to the wildlife resource out there. And it it pits us in the middle sometimes uh, because sometimes the recommendation may not be exactly in public opinion, and sometimes we have to balance that. Um, it's kind of difficult to put into words, but it puts us, our obligation is the wildlife resource. And we have to take care of that for future generations. You know, Ricky, I got a daughter that has started deer hunting with me. And uh, she took a couple of deer last year and took two the year before. And uh, I, I've been joking around, but very serious. I manage this resource very selfishly. Uh, I want this resource there for her and for when she gives me grandchildren, I can take grandkids. So, uh, it, yeah, we look at this long term. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, it could be uh, the work that you do could lead to, I don't know, regulations or recommended regulations that could limit people's ability to enjoy the, the herd the way they want to. You know, not everybody gets what they want in this world, especially when you have conservation. CWD, I, you know, I think right. it's probably a tough subject to talk about these days, but certainly that also has a limiting uh, aspect. It also is very focused on, on, on the future and legacies, et cetera. When we come back, we're gonna continue our conversation with William McKinley, and we're gonna talk about white-tailed deer, we're going to talk about challenges and opportunities about this great state and why I often say this is the capital of the outdoors. One of the reasons why is because we have some of the best deer hunting in the entire United States right here in Mississippi. We'll see you after this break.
the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies, high near 81. Tonight, mostly clear conditions, low around 57. A look to your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 82. Tuesday evening, mostly clear, low around 57. And for your Wednesday, a beautiful day on tap, sunny skies, high near 83. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon. Hello, Mississippi. This is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Vantage Health Plan. Back in 1994, I started Vantage with a group of local doctors who believe that patient health, your health, is our top priority. That's why Vantage makes it easy for you to get the care you need with quality, affordable health insurance that puts you first. I know it's not what you usually expect from a health plan, but now you can. Visit VantageHealthPlan.com for more information. Vantage Health Plan, the freedom to live a healthy life. Spillway Diner, known for its great breakfast and lunch, is now open till 8 p.m., featuring a new special each night, Monday. Enjoy all-you-can-eat breakfast. Tuesday, half-price blue plates. Wednesday, it's dollar wing night with 14 flavors to choose from. Thursday, all-you-can-eat fish fillets. And on Friday and Saturday, enjoy a juicy sirloin, ribeye, or fillet served with baked potato, roll, or Texas toast, and a drink. Spillway Diner's all-you-can-eat special feature menu is dine-in only. No sharing. Find them on Facebook for more on the new menu, hours, and location. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations, community outreach programs, and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com benefits. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, south of Germantown High, Calloway's has a huge selection of your favorite trees, shrubs, and fall color plants. Calloway's has large rolls of pine straw, and we offer quantity pricing. Calloway's Outdoor Patio Furniture is in stock and ready for delivery. All 20 to 50% off for a limited time, free delivery in the metro area. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, fall pumpkins, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Calloway's has farm fresh produce seven days a week. Did you know Calloway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoor and outdoor living spaces? Calloway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Callaway's Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown Island. Everything for home and Special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend William T. McKinley. He's head of the deer program for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. William, you heard, heard that uh, that that it was an Instagram post that Cuz Strickland made where he said, uh, against my better judgment, I went ahead and planted all my food plots. I bet you're hearing that a lot these days, aren't you? 
I sure am. You know, it's it's dusty, it's dry. Uh, there's a little moisture left in the soil, but that could actually be bad uh, if we don't get rain in the next few weeks. So the good news is I hadn't seen any 90s in the forecast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that seed can hold on if it if it germinates, if it's got a little moisture, as long as it doesn't get too hot. So, uh, but, you know, we may lose a little germination to the heat, but it's a, it's always a balancing act. Is it dry enough to plant? Yeah, it's plenty dry enough, but is it going to be too dry? And, or is it too wet? If we wait till it rains, you know, you got to, at some point, you pull the trigger, you go out there, you put the seed in the ground, and you, and you pray for rain. But, uh, you know, Ricky, I often heard it said that a good rain dance has a lot to do with timing. So, uh, hey, do you so, know one? Anyhow. Do you know a good rain dance? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I talked to my friend Travis Dunn. As I mentioned, the Dunn family has been really good to us, and we, we leased three farms from them. And uh, he's finishing up his harvesting today, for a matter of fact. And... He's, uh, he had uh, corn and soybeans, a lot more soybeans than he normally has, but the cotton, he's finishing up the cotton today. But, boy, this weather's worked good for our farmers, though. You think about harvesting. And other than like a three- or four-day period of rain, very intensive rain, when uh, when soybeans were at their most vulnerable moment, causing some of them, obviously, to, to germinate a little bit. Other than that, it's been a really good season for the most part. I know there's been some stretches without without uh, without rain. They've had to do irrigation, et cetera. And for the, those without irrigation, it's been a challenge. But um, been good for them from a harvesting point of view. You, you've probably been hearing that from, from a lot of people. Yes, yes, it is definitely. You know, I... Uh, on a smaller scale, I grow a I grow a big garden myself. It's been really good for it this fall, but I've seen all the corn around home here in north central Mississippi has been harvested in the past week. Uh, conditions are just right for for harvesting right now, so uh, a lot of grain getting dispersed out there, and you know that that, that agriculture is so big in our state. It is, and. Uh, uh, I actually was putting together a presentation this week for tonight, as a matter of fact, that compares agriculture to other things. And um, it's just that ag component, we sometimes maybe underestimate how much it matters to our deer herd. Um, the problem, Ricky, is balancing that deer herd so that you don't have so many deer that are damaging that crop. And thus the farmer has to either remove deer or exclude deer from that crop and they can no longer get to that crop. So it's a balancing act there, assuming a, some loss that helps the deer, but not too much that they have to be excluded from the field. So um, it's another balancing act that we have to play as, as the, the wildlife agency be, being in the middle of that. So. You know, I've learned a lot from you and it's been, it's been terrific getting to know what you are teaching and what you're learning. Uh, and you've done such a great job of sharing it. But I think about the farms that I have, I don't look at the, at the um, camera surveys that we do the same anymore because I always wondered, you know, we'd get this big deer on camera and then we wouldn't see him again. Or maybe we, we might see one that we think is him toward the end of the season, but we didn't see him at all during the season. We've got a, we've got a good mix of land, some, some in the hills, some uh, you know relatively large tracts of, of uh, wood woods are cut over uh, lots of lots of land that is adjacent to farmland so you know when you have farmland especially when you have something like soybeans or, 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 or corn 
you'll get deer coming in there from all over the place and you'll see them about this time of year and then slowly but surely you don't see them anymore some 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 will stay some you won't see again some, some you might see at the end of the season but you've done a good job of educating me that a third of them probably gonna hang around a third of them are going to start to drift away might come back some of them might go a long way away <laughs> you may never see them again but right. it's hard yeah. to know in an in a, at this moment in time when you do a camera survey and you get these incredible deer on camera it's hard to know which ones of those are going to hang around isn't it you don't know which ones um but the same deer that hangs around this year is the same deer that usually hangs around next year they are very predictable if you can ever see that big pattern uh, here's what the research told us deer tend to go through a fairly large shift around august and so that shift has already occurred by the time you're running cameras september october they tend to go through another shift within their home range about the end of october early november so where you're seeing that deer this week uh, he may not take a huge jaunt but he may shift to a whole different three or four hundred acres within the thousand acres he's using and so where you're getting a lot of pictures of him you know right now is an entirely he'll be living in an entirely different area he might come back through and visit it but overall imagine his home range is a thousand acres that's roughly an average yeah he lives in this 200 and far this part of the year and this 200 and shifts over and it's not exactly 200 but you get the point there he's shifting within that so um i caution hunters if you're if you're putting all your eggs in the basket of where you get a picture of him this week and next week <laughs> you better keep looking because <laughs> he'll be totally different by the time gun season opens up well and, that and, was nearly and, every deer and then conversely deer that start showing up the second and third week in november now that's that's more probably your target deer, wouldn't you say? It is. It is. They're going to stay there, uh, except for when the rut kicks in full, they're going to take an excursion. Near every buck we've had GPS callers on takes an excursion, and most of the time, that's miles. He goes, he goes off chasing girls for a day or two, and then he comes home, unless he runs into somebody who... It's lucky enough to see him three miles over and go, where did this thing come from? He just walked out and I've never seen him before. And some guy's four miles down the road waiting on him to come back and never sees him again. That's the reality that plays out every year. No matter how good you manage, he's still going to go off during the rut and go, go spread, it, spread himself around a little. We had a we had my buddy Jake Carter uh, from here down on the coast that hunts with us. He's almost like a son to me. He's been hunting and fishing with me most of his life because his dad doesn't hunt or fish. He loves you know he loves to be in the outdoors, but he doesn't hunt and fish. So I sort of adopted him as a as an outdoor son. But he was uh, the last hunt of last year. He killed a really nice eight point on an area where we we had a fairly extensive um, uh, you know camera survey leading up to that and we'd never seen that deer before it just showed up out of nowhere <laughs> but you hear that all the time you just said it but it's you true do. i mean you never can assume that you when you just because you don't have deer on camera doesn't mean that that big boy might show up this morning that's right and then the other side of that i mentioned earlier is somebody probably had a deer 
miles away and is wondering why he didn't show back up and never put the two together because he went so far. I, I heard a good friend of mine, uh, my oldest over at Arkansas, tell some guys, he said, that deer's not loyal to you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell You're her, trying to kill you know, the, last, the last time you and I visited, you told the story of the deer that swam. You had a doe and a bug that swam the Mississippi River. For people who missed that, why don't you tell that story again? Okay, so the buck swam the river. Uh, we caught him um, two years ago in winter. And come March of 21, he swam across. He took a 32-mile journey to go 18 miles point to point, And he lived in Louisiana from March until August. Come August, the beginning of August, he jumped back in the river, followed the exact same route back, 32 miles again, and wound back up within a few hundred yards of where we caught him. He repeated that within a week of the same time this year in 22. In March, he jumped in the river, he went around, he went straight back to that same ag field, then he came back. Um, so he's back right in where we caught him at right now and he's made his journey the doe actually went she didn't swim the river she went north 14 and a half miles and then she came right back in june well this year she went east uh and for relation this doe was down near eagle lake so she was right near the Eagle Lake community. The water came up and her movement was water induced. There was a lot of dry land between her and where she went. She went up Highway 3 all the way to Dump Lake in Yazoo County, 26 miles. Stayed there until three weeks ago and came right back to where we caught her at. So the movement of these deer, I mean, we, we got four deer collared. One went 18 miles west, one went 26 miles east from the same location. <laughs> so. Wow, wow. Well, we're going to talk more about that when we come back, but that is like fascinating information. And um, it just for deer hunting, it helps you understand you never, ever can know for sure. You think you do, and but you do not. <laughs> this is William McKinley, head of the deer program for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And when we come back, we'll continue this fascinating conversation. Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Ace Bolt and Screw is proud to announce the grand opening of their third Central Mississippi location at 599 Highway 49 South in Richland. Three times the convenience, three times the selection, and three times the service. Visit Ace Bolt and Screw on Julianne Street just off Gallatin and Jackson, right on I-55 at the Gluckstead exit, and now Highway 49 South in Richland. They have millions of fasteners, a massive selection of tools for pros, and more. Now three locations strong. Mississippi family owned and operated for over 50 years. He takes the pin, signs the dotted line, touchdown! That's 
That's right. You'll always score big when you shop your home team. Mazda of Jackson. You'll feel like you just scored a touchdown with the deals you'll get on every new Mazda in stock. Get super low 1.9% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And get 2.49% financing for 36 months on the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. Have a trade-in? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember... 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Come score big at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. With proof credit on select models, see dealer for details. Jenny King, the king of clean. How do you and your staff get things done? Teamwork. When a team works together, they can do anything. That's why all of us at Jenny King, the king of clean, are excited to team up with you. At Jenny King, our team has been working together for over 35 years, cleaning your places for work, education, medical attention, eateries, stadiums, and worship. Let our team help your team. Go to JannyKingCleans.com and trust your clean to the king. That's JannyKingCleans.com. Jenny King, the king of clean. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. More than 170 vehicles took part in a memorial ride Saturday to honor two Hattiesburg police officers that were killed in the line of duty seven years ago. The Dean and Tate End of Watch Ride raises money for the Hattiesburg Police Department and the Benjamin Dean and LaCorey Tate Memorial Scholarship Fund. They were killed in the line of duty in 2015. An investigator with the Jones County Sheriff's Department, Wesley Waits, has been named 2022 Top Compliance Officer in the state of Mississippi by the Department of Public Safety Sex Offender Registry. The Sheriff's Department has maintained 97% or higher sex offender compliance this year, currently maintaining 100% compliance of the 123 registered sex offenders that live in the county. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. Fall is here, which means school is in session, cooler weather, and football. If you are like most families, you're always on the go. Polk's has great dinner ideas for your busy family, like Polk's smoked sausages or delicious ham steaks, great for something quick and easy. Or how about Polk's Cajun or garlic and green onion smoked sausage? Add great flavor to your red beans and rice, jambalaya, gumbo, or spaghetti night. There's no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. 
Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Every day, be sure to catch the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Speaking of Ford, greatness starts with the 2023 Ford F-150. Winning requires the right game plan, like the impressive towing and payload you will only find in the 2023 Ford F-150 truck. No wonder Ford F-Series are America's best-selling trucks 45 years straight. Visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer or buyfordnow.com for details. And don't miss the college football fix. From the coast to the Delta and all points in between, the stories of your Mississippi, all 82 counties, are heard here with Super Talk Mississippi News. What happens? Why does it happen? And how will it affect you, your family, and your bottom line? From the capital to your county, we bring you the most important stories from all across the state. Stay here and stay informed. Super Talk Mississippi News, online at supertalk.fm. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend William McKinley, head of the deer program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And, you know, William occurred to me as I was thinking about this during the break, you don't have to be a deer hunter to be fascinated by this conversation that we're having today about deer deer movement and activity and you know it's some of them are so predictable some of them are semi-predictable and some of them are completely unpredictable uh but those the stories i mean for example when you think about a doe you don't think about a doe going over 20 miles you think about a doe sort of hanging around that food plot and you know being you know you're taught that there's going to be sort of this doe group and then there's going to be a bug bed some behind, somewhere behind that, that, that doe group, and he's going to hang out there, and that's going to be his spot. Maybe he has two or three bug beds. But, it, you know, for some, for some deer it is like that, but for most deer it's not like that. And what, what other things have you discovered as you've, uh, as you've done these collars? Well, you know, those deer we just talked about, well, yeah, their movements initially were water-induced from flooding, Mississippi River flooding. Let's move over to the Big Black in a study where we had 55 bucks, three-year-old and older bucks wearing GPS collars. We're taking a reading every 15 minutes from September to February. And we had one of those particular bucks was going 14 miles, but he was crossing the Big Black three times to take that trip. He had his specific route that he was going, put a radio collar on him, he takes off, he goes west, he's he's just west of I-55 when we catch him by, by maybe a mile, mile and a half. He takes off, he crosses Highway 49, basically coming within sight of a gas station there at Bentonia. Uh, one of the pings put him right outside the parking lot. He crosses 49, he hits the river again, he crosses it again, and he goes down and he lives on a small track down in Southern Yazoo County. He came right back to where we caught him and he did that trip two times. Now the collar life lasts about a year and a half to two years on these things. So, uh, you know, by that point and by those others I mentioned, their collars are now, the batteries are going dead. So, but to see them repeat journeys like that, and the doe was the most unpredictable one in, in that, that she went to two different places. The bucks tended to go right back back and forth. Uh, but every buck we had in that, in that study on the big black was taking an excursion of a few miles. 
during the rut. And some of them took as many as 10 or 12 excursions where he would come home, if you could call it home, stay a little while, he'd take off again. And so that need to roam was in that buck to go out and, and try to find a, a receptive doe somewhere and just say again, you just never know. Get out there and go hunting. Uh, doesn't matter what you're seeing on the trail cam. Uh, get out and go hunting. Hunt corridors. By the way, those bucks on some of these properties could easily cross an open field and only have to go one or 200 yards. Instead, they would circle the entire agricultural complex, staying in the woods to go from point A to point B. He could walk 200 yards. He would walk a mile and a half to go to the same point instead. That's what three-year-old bucks are doing. <laughs> These mature deer, they don't like exposing themselves. Wow, so you know, that's, why, that's why getting into cover, <clears throat> like, some of the land we have, I, something something that would fit that description would be, there's a river, and then there's some woods. It's not super, you know, thick. It's just thick woods, of course, but it's not super wide. And then there's ag land. Mm -hmm. So in those woods is where you want to be. That is exactly. Now, now you know as well as I, somebody's going to harvest a good deer in a field, and he's going to follow a doe out or come to a, a, a bean field or whatever, a green field, but. His normal day-to-day -day movements, he's up moving a lot more than you realize. Uh, we found that out. They're moving. They're just holding to the best cover around there. The end result was if you find the thickest cover on your property and hunt there, you limit your visibility, but that's where the buck's going to, that's where those older bucks are going to use. You know, William, what's interesting, you, you know this story I'm about to tell really well, but because our camp is um, is has behind it about 400 acres and then in the middle of that 400 acres is a hundred acre cypress swamp okay and then it's you know on the outside edges it's all it's all woods inevitably every year sometimes it's an old you know just an old swamp donkey and sometimes it may be a young bug but inevitably because we're at the camp a lot in the middle of the morning 9 10 11 o'clock suddenly We'll see a, a, a worn out doe that can't hardly walk because she's out of breath out in the middle of the field in the middle of the daylight with a buck locked down on him and maybe two younger bucks trying to get to her and he's not going to let her get to let, let them get to her. That is a fascinating thing, man. I mean, we'll go around the truck and we'll get over the next to the lake and get really close to the deer and he will not spook and he will not move. He's just guarding that doe. But that's the classic lockdown scenario, isn't it? It is. It is. He's with one doe. And by the way, a lot of a lot of the thought out there is I want to keep more does on my property so that I'll have more bucks on my property. Is there any truth to that? Well, maybe. Here's the problem with that though, Ricky. When you've got one doe that comes into heat and you have a lot of competition for her, bucks will not allow her to stay still. They're nudging her, they're pushing at her. If it's one buck with one doe, they're just gonna bed and his movement is entirely dependent on her movement. If it's three or four bucks chasing a doe, they will not let her, well, bottom line, they don't let her rest very much. They're up and moving, so you're gonna see more of that rutting activity by harvesting more does early. People have this mentality, I wanna keep the does on my place and then I'll harvest them late. 
they could save food for their younger bucks and have a better hunt during the rut if they would take those does at the beginning of the season. Use that early primitive weapon season that's does only. Use it. Go out there. Get some does out. Let things settle down some after the opening of gun season. Harvest a few more. Let it settle down. Let the rut start kicking in and go out there and enjoy some of the best rut hunting you've seen. Yeah. What, a, what, what great advice. You know, look, one of our newest farms is about 250 acres. Now, to give you a sense, it's not, it's not 250 acres in a block. It's, a, it's, a, it's along a river. So from one point to the other point, it's about 2.3 miles along the river. And it's got some open spaces in between. But you know, we, we, we harvested a few does last year. We're just trying to get a feel for it. But as the season you know, went on, we could see that there were too many does on this property. And now we've got some cameras out. And my son Jordan said that he'll have a, he'll have a, a camera view of maybe eight does in one frame. And that's one oh, of the wow. things you asked me before. You said, okay, how many does do you see in one picture? Well, clearly on this piece of property, which hasn't been hunted very much over the last several years, we need to go in there and uh, and harvest some does, don't we? I would agree. Yes, uh, removing some of that, some of the does out early, increase competition for breeding rights when the rut kicks in, and just think. That doe's eating five to eight pounds of food a day. Say you sh you harvest her in early November instead of early January. 60 days earlier, 60 times, let's say she's eating 10 pounds, a bigger doe in the Delta eat nearly 10 pounds a day. You just save 600 pounds of food per doe that you harvest early. That 600 pounds goes into that one-year-old five point so that he gets better and makes better antlers later on. So time in a year matters. It matters in a lot of aspects. So that's just good sound biology. Take them out early, then let things settle down and enjoy a rut hunt. And then at the end of the season, if you haven't got the number you need, take a few more does out. Uh, that's the way I like to try to manage my clubs. But taking the number out is more important. You've got to get enough off the landscape for the big picture, but take them out early. I'm, you know, it's interesting because when, when you and I talked about this last year, it is probably still, even though it's something that you create clarity around constantly, it's probably still the biggest question you get. Do you harvest does early or late? On opening weekend, should you be harvesting any does? If you, are you going to scare bucks away if you harvest does on opening weekend? You you get all those questions constantly, don't you? Constantly. There was a study in, in I think it came out of Auburn or, or, no, it came out of UGA, where they radio collared a bunch of deer to see when they hunted a place, how long it took bucks to get back on their pattern, normal pattern. It took about a week. Actually, it was like five to six days, and they tended to kind of forget what was going on there, what had happened. So once again, use the, use the early part of gun season. It's not a whole lot of, of adult bucks usually harvested the, the first of gun season around Thanksgiving. You get some, but really, December's when it kicks off in Mississippi and we it gets the rut starts kicking in fast. You want those does harvested before then if you can. When we come back for the final segment, we'll talk a little bit about supplemental feeding, and I want to get the latest on CWD. What's what's the uh, position from the department on CWD these days? We'll see you after this break. 
Dave Logan with Canon Nissan of Jackson. Now's the time to get a brand new Nissan from Canon Nissan of Jackson. New Nissans are arriving daily, and Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Innovative Health Clinic, providing personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy. Innovative Health Care, helping you get your life back. Don't just dream, dream big, because it's Muskelly's anniversary, and we're celebrating with a big event, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Save up to 15% off the looks you want. Plus, with special 60 months financing, there's never a down payment required. Don't wait any longer to buy your new sectional or bedroom. With savings up to 15% and easy payments, this is the sale you've been waiting on. We're celebrating our 44th year with four big days through Monday at Muskelly's. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. It's that time of the year again. Like my son Barrett and I, hunters will soon be heading to the woods to hopefully bag that big buck. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Our agency often works with Mississippians whose disabilities are the result of tree stand injuries. Keep safe by remembering these important tips. Always maintain three points of contact going up and down a tree. Use a haul line and always wear a safety harness. Please don't let your next hunt be your last. Is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation focused on insurance or agriculture? Well, the short answer is both. The family of Farm Bureau companies are proud to offer our many members various insurance products, but we were established for and remain committed to our deep farm roots and our Mississippi farm families. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's cut through walls and fall football. Welcome back to Coast. You have my friend William McKinley, who's head of the pro, uh, deer program for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And we've covered a lot of ground today. It's been a lot of fun. I really enjoy him. I told him during the break that he's a terrific communicator. And he, he said, well, he's been doing it for over 20 years. And I said, well, there's people who've done things for over 20 years that still can't communicate worth it. You know why. But he's really good at it. He's passionate. And as he pointed out, I mean, he really knows that the work that he's doing is going to help our kids and our kids' kids be able to enjoy this this, uh, this incredible resource in Mississippi. And by the way, we're going to be able to enjoy it better because of the work that they've been doing. And the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks is just full of people like uh, like William McKinley. And we're, we're, we're really, really blessed to have so many incredible, dedicated people on, uh, on the staff at the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Okay, so William, what's your current thinking about supplemental feeding? So Ricky, you know, we did a we did a survey of DMAP properties back a few years ago and asked them if they supplemental feed, fed or not. And then we ranked that according to, okay, well, is that one feeder in the back, back of the camp that you watch deer or is it an actual feeding program? And what we found is while supplemental feeding has shown in, in places to, to help, the way it was being conducted in Mississippi at that point was not making a difference. We compared body weights, we compared antler growth, and we compared harvest rates. There was no difference in fed versus unfed in body weights. This was out of about 500 properties in Mississippi that said they were on a feeding program. So there was no difference in body weights. There was no difference in antler size. The only difference we saw was the properties that were feeding actually harvested less deer than the properties that were not feeding. And we've got studies showing that bucks tend to avoid feeders. Now, if things are limiting, if food and, and nutrition is limited on your property, then certainly supplemental feeding in a right, proper manner can improve body weights. What I'm saying there is the way that it was being done on average across our state and when we did the study a few years ago was not making an impact. Um, so I'm not gonna say it can't help, but I'm going to say there's a lot of risk associated with doing it as well. Plus, it is quite expensive. Um, so every yeah. land manager out there, deer manager, has to decide, is that risk worth the effort for what they own their particular property? And that's where we help. We can help with site-specific uh, applications. So. Of our three farms, we, we're going to do supplemental feeding on one of the farms this year. and. Our, our, our thinking there is that the way this farm is sort of laid out, there are, you know, there's a highway through it in one section, so it's kind of sectioned off, and it's got a lot of competition around the, the outside of it, and they're all supplementally feeding. So our, our thought is, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to set them up, fill them up, and we're going to hopefully have most of them as spinner feeders, so we can have it spin only for three or four seconds, mm -hmm. you know, just just a little bit. 
And that way, we can limit the number of times we actually have to re-enter that area to fill it. Because I know that's part of the problem. You go in there, mm -hmm. every time you go in there, it, whether it be a four-wheeler or a truck or whatever, and then you drive up to that thing and you fill it up. If you're doing that on a regular basis, every time you do it, you're, you're probably exponentially reducing the opportunity you're going to see a mature deer. Is that is that a true statement? It is. And uh, that same study on Big Black, uh, it used 75,000 acres and almost 40 landowners. So you can imagine some were feeding, some were not. So we were looking at, we GPSed all the feeder locations to see how often these bucks used them. Absolutely, some of these mature bucks used them. They used the feeders, but almost exclusively at night. Yeah. Uh, so younger deer and does were using them more during the day, but those older age class bucks tended to avoid them during daylight hours. And uh, so, you know, once again, I'll simply say there is risk involved there. There's disease transmission risk. There is cost. Every every deer manager has to make that decision. Is the risk worth the reward if they want to supplementally feed? So even a short time we have left, uh, you can give me an update about this, but it's interesting to me because I spent a lot of time at various hunter sites on social media. And anytime CWD comes up, you still have those people that believe there's a conspiracy theory and they you know, they've always, it's always been there. We just got to learn to live with it and whatever, that managing it won't do a bit of good. Um, there's a tremendous amount of misinformation about CWD, isn't there? There is. And, uh, you know, MSU got to lean on them heavily. They do so much research and deer, deer research. One of the leaders in the country, they were doing one study in North Mississippi, Southwest Tennessee, where they, they actually asked landowners and hunters that are in the hot CWD zone. Some of their biggest comments were, there is so much misinformation and and simple ignorance on this disease out there. Um, that's coming from people in the zone. Well, what we should do is, and the next time we visit, we'll kind of get a, a more detailed update. But if people want to know more about CWD, they can go to the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks and see where the CWD zones are, see what the regulations are around that, et cetera. But the department's doing their best to sort of do the best they can to uh, to address and sort of limit the spread of CWD. But anyway, that's all the time we have for today. William McKinley, head of the deer program for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. It has been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Ricky. I've enjoyed yeah. it. You bet. Hey, listen, uh, have a great week. Be safe out there planting. Uh, be especially safe. God bless you, and we'll see you next Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.